Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. Think about it. There must be high love down in the heart and in the stars above. Without it, life is wasted time. Look inside your heart, look inside mine. Things look so bad everywhere in this world. What is fair? We walk blind and we try to see, falling behind in what could be. Don't you appreciate Tangina? Bring me a higher love. A lot of you recognize that song by Steve Winwood years ago. I think Tangina does a better job. No offense, Steve. You're, you're amazing. Um, but I think that's really the goal of it, of our message today. If you're visiting with us today, we've been uh, looking through a message series entitled Love Stories. And we've been trying to unpack our relationships with one another, our relationships with siblings, our relationship with God. And we're going to wrap things up today um, by really asking ourselves the question, is there a higher Love Is there a love that God specifically calls each and every one of us to? Um, and I will say this before I start. Um, you know, we, we already had one service earlier, and it was just amazing to just sit and to have a fireside chat. And that's my hope with everyone here today, whether you're in the balcony watching online or on the floor. Um, and it's really to understand this. Um, if you're a Christian in this room, we come into church and we worship and, and we, we sing songs, which is called praise. And we worship with our heart. And it's the heart behind our actions and our words that matter to God. Um, and some of us today are in a place where we'd say, you know, Terry, I'm in a good place with God. Um, if you're a Christian, you say, you know, Terry, I, I don't, I, I'm good. But if we're honest and, and if we were able to look at everyone's heart, there's probably a lot in this room or watching online that um, you say, you know, Terry, I don't feel great about my relationship with God. That today, and maybe six months ago, I felt great. Today, I find myself in a different place. And, and I want to unpack this for you. Every week, your relationship with God is going to ebb and flow. Depending on your circumstances, depending on your actions, depending on sin, every week, our relationship with God is going to ebb and flow from a feeling standpoint. We're going to come into this room some days with hands raised and go, God is awesome. And we're going to come in some days and say, God, where are you? And I think God wants to speak to all of us today about a higher type of love that no matter what valley you're in or what mountaintop you're on, that you can rest assured that while your emotions go rampant like a roller coaster, 
the love that God calls us to will remain consistent. And in order to kick things off, I I, kind of want to show this because really what we're talking about is, is conditional versus unconditional. That higher love that Jesus gave us, those of us that know the Bible and know Christianity know it's an unconditional love that he gave. And speaking of that, there, there was an inventor um, that most of you know in this room. His name's Thomas Edison. You've heard of him before. Thomas Edison, he kind of understood condition. He was, he was a wise man, and, uh, and, and the history states that at his house, that if you were to go visit his house, that there would be an iron gate in front of his house. And when you went, you would have to take that iron gate and you would have to push it open. But it was reported that that iron gate was really heavy. And even states through history that many of his friends, they would have to get two people to kind of push it open to get through. And finally, after a while, one of his close friends came into the house and said, Thomas, um, I got to be honest with you. What's the deal with this iron gate? I, I mean, I mean, why do you have it? Why is it so heavy? I mean, you need to do something about it. And he said, oh, he says, well, he says, forgive me. He says, let me tell you about this gate. He said, you see that every time someone pays me a visit, you guys do me a favor. And I said, what are you talking about? Well, Thomas Edison, the inventor, what he did was is he went ahead and on the roof of his house, he built an invention. And every time someone would come and he would push open that iron gate, one gallon of water would be pumped to his rooftop and supply his home. So he looked at all of his friends and said, thank you, because every time you pay me a visit, you give me water for the day. You see, Thomas Edison, he put a condition on coming to visit him. If you're going to come visit my house, you're going to pump my water for me. And you don't even know that. And the truth is, there's a lot of us that are living a life of conditional love and we don't even realize it. We're going to unpack that in just a second. If you're new to the Bible, we're going to go into a book, a story. It's one of the Gospels, it's the Gospel of John. And the Gospel is the good news and what the Gospel tells is the teachings of Jesus. And this story, let me unpack it for you, Jesus Christ just gets done doing a miracle. He is standing on one side of the Sea of Galilee and he just got done feeding 5,000 men. That's not counting the ladies and the children. And how he fed those 5,000? A little boy with fishes and loaves, just a handful. And he took that, multiplied it, and he fed the multitudes. Over the night, Jesus transitions across the Sea of Galilee. The next morning, the multitude of people who spent the night hanging out by the seashore, they're all standing there and they say, hey, where's Jesus? Let's go find him. He just fed them. They wanted to see more. So they go over to a place called Capernaum, which is Jesus' town where he set up his ministry shop. And if you don't know this, it's not too far from the place where he fed the 5,000. But they transition across the north end of the Sea of Galilee to to Capernaum, and they find Jesus there at at the seashore. And I want you to see the interaction between the people and Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And it's going to give us insight into this higher love that we were talking about. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to John chapter 6, verse 26, or you can follow along on the screen here. Here we go. Jesus replied to the people, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. Jesus looks at this people and says, hey, you're not fooling anybody, guys. You came all the way over here, all these people, and you didn't come because you believe in the message that I'm teaching. You came because you want to get fed again. And Jesus calls him out and says, you're here on condition. 
You're here because you want to see me do a miraculous sign which will benefit you. I am not a God to do parlor tricks for you. There is much more to who I am. Now, I love Christianity and I love us as Christians because many of us are sitting there and like, these foolish people, how dare they? Don't they know who they're talking to? It's Jesus. I mean, they, they want him to perform something for them. How many of us did that this week? God, I need you. God, I'm having a rough time. I got a meeting right now, God. And God, I need this job. And so if you would just come through for me, we do the same thing, don't we? You see, what we're really talking about is two different words. Some of us, when we approach God, we think of the what. And some of us, when we approach God, we think of the who. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. It really deals with the what and the who. I want you to write this down and we're going to unpack it. What speaks to the outcome of the situation? In other words, God, I'll tell you what. I will approach you and I will give you something if, in return, you do this for me. And I think many of us approach God that way. God, I'll tell you what. I'll believe in you if you do this, this, and this. Because if you don't, sorry, I'm not going to go ahead and give you my allegiance. And that speaks to the what about God. And many of us have a relationship with God that speaks to the what. Some of us in this room, though, and again, depends on where you're at with God, because here's the truth. Some of us, we can ebb and flow between the two. Some of us right now are dealing with God with the what. Some of us go to the who, and who speaks to the heart. Who speaks to who God is? Who speaks to your relationship with God being more than just about what he can do for you? You see, what is conditional and who is not? What is conditional and who is not? Now, I want you to sit here and whether you're up in the balcony, watching online or on the floor, I want you to think about your interaction with God. And even if you're not a Christian, I want you to think about this because I'm sure at some point you've probably had a conversation with God or talked about God. And what I want to frame this in is how are you approaching God today? Are you approaching him about the what in your life most of the time? A good way of knowing this is your prayer life. How many of you start your prayer life with, God, uh, thank you so much for the wonderful day that I had. And God, right now I pray for this, 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 I pray for this. And we all pray for things, don't get me wrong. But if your whole interaction and communication with God is about what you want It means that your relationship with God is more about the what than the who. Let's turn it into our relationships with one another. How many of us have a relationship with a spouse, a girlfriend, a brother, a sister that's more about the what than it is about the who? Now we're going to step on some toes in this room. Ladies, keep the elbows in. Don't go yet. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down and we're going to talk about it. Loving the what says this in our relationships. I will love you only if. If you do this and this and this, because you did this, I will give you love. Because you were kind to me, I'll return it back to you. And there are a lot of us that fall into this trap about love, that it's all reaction. If you do this, I'll do this. But if you fall into that trap, you're loving the what? I don't know if I can handle the tough times. If things get too bad, I'm out of here. There's some of us in this room is that you say, you know what, as long as my life meets these parameters, then I will love you. But once the parameters change, I'm out of here. I might not be able to forgive you if you tell me. 
Now we're getting real intimate, aren't we? It speaks to the honesty. It speaks to the heart where all of a sudden our relationships, if you're living a life and you're fearful that if she only knew or if he only knew, then the relationship would end because it's based on the what. Loving the who says this, I will love you even if. I'll love you even if. I will stay with you no matter what. Now pause, and I want to make sure this is clear, and I said this in the first service. Because if you if you're, haven't been a Christian for very long, sometimes we Christians get a bad rap because you're like, you know what, I live with an abusive man. And what I just heard you say, Pastor, is I will stay with you no matter what. Now pause. I'm not saying that. Because God gives you a head for wisdom. And God also creates relationships and love to be about one another. And so if you're a dis, in a dysfunctional relationship, then again, you need to use the wisdom and the grace that God gives you. But this is in a couple or a relationship that says two people are trying to do their best to work together. We're all human. We all make mistakes. So it's with the caveat. You love the who, but it's with that caveat and with that filter. I will always love you even in the tough times. And I will still love you even if you tell Jesus gets right to it, doesn't he? When you love the who, it's about the heart. It's not about what they can give to you. Jesus is standing on the seashore and the people look at him and they said, give me Jesus, give me food. And the people look at Jesus after he says, don't be concerned about these perishable things. The people look back at Jesus and they say this in John 6.30. They answered, Show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. Now, pause. Don't miss this. Jesus doubles down. If you don't like the Bible, you're going to love the Bible after I explain this. Because if you just missed this, Jesus just got done looking and calling them out. Look, you're loving the what about me? I mean, you just want me to do parlor tricks. I mean, you're here because you're hungry. And what I'm just to tell you is, look, I'm the son of God. And you should love me because of what's behind my heart. You should love me because of the kind of love I can give you. Not because of what I can give you tangibly, but what I can give you eternally. He gets done saying that, and look what the people say. Okay, Jesus, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe you. Are you kidding me? We do it all the time. God, I tell you what, I will trust you if you can do this, this, and this. How many of us do that all the time? They continue on and they say this. After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. I love us. Because what we do is we try to support our argument. All right, Jesus, I'll tell you what. You show us a miraculous sign, we'll believe in you. Hey, remember, you say you're the son of God. Remember, your father fed our ancestors. So if God was willing to show a miraculous sign back then, why shouldn't you do it now, Jesus? And it speaks to the what about our relationship with Jesus. Let me illustrate this a different way. My wife last year for Valentine's Day, and, and don't judge me when I tell you this because we have a, we, we've been together a long time. But for Valentine's Day, there was this new product that came out around this time and it was all the rave and everything. And my wife likes to cook. She likes to dabble. She likes to create. And uh, in the kitchen, we hadn't gotten anything new for a while. And so I went ahead and I bought her an Instapot. You guys know what this is? Yes. Some of the ladies are like, amen. I can cook meat in an hour. That's awesome. It's like all the men just got hungry. But anyway, um, so I buy this Instapot for her. 
And the last year has been a lot of trial and error. Um, where I come home, she goes, okay, I'm trying a new recipe. And, and when, when I first got it from her, I'm like, all right, I'm excited. This is great. And all of a sudden she goes, I'm going to make rice in it. We're going to see how this goes. And about 10 minutes into the cooking process, we see smoke coming from it. And I pull it out and it's all burnt. And by the way, I'm the dishwasher of the family. And so burnt rice on the bottom of an Instapot, ugh, it's nothing worse. I mean, there are us, but you know what I'm saying. So through the years, we've had successes, we've had failures, we've had successes. And a lot of times when we try a new recipe for the first time, there's a little bit of trial and error with it. It's hard. So I got to be honest with you. About a month ago, I came home and she says, I'm trying a new recipe. And I went, great. And she saw the look on my face because we've been together a very long time and she knows me. And she says, I know, I know. She goes, we'll see. And I'm like, great. What's for dinner? And she says, Pho. Now, half the room has no idea what I just said. If you've ever eaten at a Vietnamese, Vietnamese restaurant, they have a soup, and it's spelled P-H-O. It's pronounced pho, not pho, pho. So now, here's the truth. I don't like pho. She loves it. I don't. But I made a deal with her a long time ago that whatever she makes, if she makes it the first time, I will eat whatever she makes. That was my promise. So not only is this a new recipe, great. We're having pho. Better. (laughs) She reads this on me. And she looks and she kind of, you know, says, I know. She goes, if you don't like it, I'm like, no, honey, I told you I would eat whatever you make. It's fine, this and that. So I'm sitting there and she starts the cooking process and she goes, I don't know how this is going to come out. You see, I've shot her confidence and she's sitting there and she's cutting things up. She's putting some stuff in. I don't even know what it is. She's putting it in and then she puts the cover on and then we sit and she sets the timer. We wait and about 10 minutes in and, and she's like, I don't know if this is going to turn out okay. And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, you know, maybe we should just go out for for dinner. And I'm like, what's your call? (laughs) I am not instilling any confidence whatsoever. And she's like, well, and I I said, it's your call. I mean, you know, we we could try it. And, you know, I'm trying to balance being supportive, but I really want to go out to eat because I don't like fun. I'm not really sure what's coming out of that Instapot. So, we get toward the end and she's like, I don't think this is going to write. I don't think the timing's right. This and that. She opens it up. I got to be honest, it smelled good. So she goes ahead and she gets a bowl and she walks over and she puts it down and she goes, I just, I don't know. I think this is terrible. And this and that. She goes, you go ahead and try it. And then, you know, I'll tell you what, we'll go out to dinner and everything else like that. Now I got to be honest. I took my spoon and 99.9% of me said, um, no matter how this tastes, we're going out to eat. <laughs> I took a spoon fill. I gotta be honest, it tasted really good. I ate two bowls of pho that night. (laughs) But here's the point. I fell into the trap of loving the what. I'll tell you what, honey, I'll be supportive as long as the food's good. As long as, you know, I get a good meal, as long as everything turns out okay, I'll give you confidence and support. And the truth is, is that she did everything perfect. But along the way, she lost all of her confidence because I wasn't showing her the kind of love that speaks to the who. And that's what the people of God did all the time. I tell you what, Jesus, show me a miraculous sign and then I'll believe that you can do it. And that's not the kind of love that God calls for us. There's many of us in this room that when our spouse does things, we give an amount of love based on how they do. And that speaks to the what, not to the who. Jesus continues on in John 6, 32, and he says this. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. 
Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And this is where Jesus draws a line and says, look, this is not about miraculous signs. This is not about what I can give you. This is about the fa- this is about life or death. This is about what my father can offer you. And it speaks to the who of the character of God. And here's the truth. There are many of us in this room who have a what type of love for one another. And here's the danger. And I want to call it out. If you approach your relationship with a spouse, with a brother or sister, and it's all about the what, I can pretty much bet you have the same type of relationship with God. In fact, if you're taking notes, write this down. How you love others mirrors how you love God. If your love is based on what they can give you, if you treat someone based on what you can get back from them, my fear for you and for me is in those moments, that's how we treat God. God, I will give you all the support and love as long as you keep coming through for me. So here's the question for all of us. How do you see God? Do you see the what or do you see the who? Because I knew growing up, I looked at my relationship, God, as a relationship of what? And when people would ask me, do you believe in God? Do you, do you have faith? I would say, oh yeah, but it was all based on what? In fact, if you're in this room and you have a relationship with God based on what, you might say things like I did long ago. And here are some of the things that I said. What speaks to your religion? And I say this, look, I go to church. Hey, do you have a relationship with God? Yes, I go to church. I'm a good person. I believe in God. I don't hurt others. I'm pretty good compared to others. If you have that kind of answer when someone talks about your faith, I can pretty much promise you have a relationship with God surrounding the what, which means you have a really great religion, a real great religion. But let me be honest with you. One of those where it says, I believe in God, guess what? The devil believed in God. It's not about believing that God existed. There's a lot of people who believe God exists. What's your relationship with God? Do you have a great religion? Or do you believe in the who? And it speaks to the relationship with God. And these are some of the things that we need to say. I'm a sinner. Now I want to pause and I'm going to to do what I did this morning. I'm going to pull my chair up for have a fireside chat for just a second. Could you imagine if every single day of our lives, if you're not a Christian, you're not bound by this, but, but just pay attention. Could you imagine with your spouse, with work associates, with your kids? Could you imagine if you woke up every single morning and the first thought that you had in your mind before you start your day is this. Good morning, God. I'm a sinner. Good morning, God. I'm a sinner. God. Okay, God. Could you imagine the power before you speak to your spouse when you're angry with her or angry with him. God, good morning, I'm a sinner. There's power in that because then you realize who you are in standing before holy God. And then phrases like we talked about last week, who am I? Who am I to be angry? Who am I to be impatient? Who am I to break relationship with my spouse, with my sibling, with my parents when holy God would never do that to me? Who am I? I follow Christ. You see, it's a lot different than believing in Christ. When you believe in Christ, you believe that he came and he died. 
There's a lot of people who do. But there's power in every day saying, I will follow his example and I will mirror my life to his, which means I make him the Lord of my life and I will follow him. I received and I accepted God's gift of grace. Have you done that? When you can say that, there's power in that because then you realize there's nothing you could do to earn it. There's nothing that you have in your personality. There's nothing that you've done to deserve anything that God has blessed you with. God, this is, I, I live a life that is purely blessed by you and it all comes from you and your grace is sufficient. I'll go to heaven because of what God did, not because of what I do. What an amazing, powerful statement to a relationship with God. I want to draw your attention to what Jesus said at the end. Because he looks at the people who want him to do parlor tricks. And he says this, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Whoever comes to the who will never be hungry. Whoever comes to the who will never be thirsty again. But you know, the truth is you haven't believed in me even though you've seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me not to do my own will. And this is the will of God that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them up on the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. Jesus looks at them and says this, if you believe in the who, if you believe in the power that God has given me, you'll never be hungry, never be thirsty again. Do you know what that means? It means, Terry, stop looking at me and saying, God, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. God, I'll believe in you. God, I'll, I'll take a step of faith. God, I'll do what you want me to do if, 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 if. For those of us in this room that have a relationship like that, we are speaking to the what. And God says, you're looking at the wrong things because if you believe in the who, you will never have a want again. You'll never care about a what again because you'll understand that my grace is sufficient where it should be. I close with this. I went to Israel with a a large group of people at the beginning of the year. And we were standing on the same place where these people questioned Jesus. And the next day we traveled to Jerusalem. And I was thinking of God saying on that seashore, I am the bread of life. And as the first day in Jerusalem, we boarded a bus and we went to a town called Bethlehem. And that town is where Jesus Christ was born. And as we were driving through the town of Bethlehem, we passed a sign and on the sign, it said Bethlehem. And those of you that are Bible study students, you know this. The meaning of the word Bethlehem is house of bread. Jesus Christ is the bread of life that came from a town called the house of of bread, which basically means this. Your heavenly father knows your needs. You will never be hungry, never be thirsty again if you believe that Jesus Christ is a son of God who was born in a place that God deemed. And if you accept him, you'll never be hungry, never be thirsty again. If you love the who, your life will be his for eternity. Do you love the what? Do you love the who? 
that's our question today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just lift this room up. God, I speak to the relationships in this room and the personalities. And there, the truth is there are many of us in this room that struggle with the what. That God, we, we give conditional love. And God, that's just based on our insecurities. That's based on a lack of trust of you. Because the truth is, if we truly trusted in who you are, we would live a life of unconditional love for one another. Because Lord, you are all that we need. So God, I pray for healing in marriages where there needs healing. I pray for hope where there seems to be no hope. I pray for a broken heart where there needs brokenness. And I pray for open hands that says, God, here I am, speak. So Father, I thank you for this word. I pray that you'd bless every family, every single adult, every student, every grandparent in this room. I pray that you do receive the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.